Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. So here's what we're doing in this series. This is uh, been a series all about our priorities. We've just kind of been looking at what's most important to us. And it's good that we're doing it at the beginning of the year because the beginning of the year, most people start to evaluate what is important. What, what's most important to me right now? What, what have I been spending my time on this past year? And how do I need to readjust my life? And so we've been looking at those things. And we do this thing every January. We make our resolutions, right? We say, all right, this is what I'm unhappy about. I'm dissatisfied with my weight or my marriage or my relationships or my career or I want to learn a skill or a hobby. I want to travel. I want to do something. Whatever it is, we, we have this list. And what's funny is, is this, this list seems to be the same list that we had last year. How many of you guys would identify and say, my resolution list is the same one I've had for years or even from last year? Would anybody be honest and say that? Yeah, for me, it's always, it's always the same things. And it's like, why is that the case? Well, it's because, it's not because we don't have values. We have values. We, we really prioritize and, and value, hey, this, these are the changes I want to see in my life. What we lack is the wisdom to make it happen. We lack the ability to do it. And so what we're, we're doing is we're, we're like, hey, listen, let's gain some wisdom so that next year we have a different set of resolutions and we get to say it's because God intervened on our behalf and changed our year, amen? So we're chasing after some wisdom. That's why our theme verse is Psalm uh, 90. This is a psalm or a song that was written by Moses. And Moses said this, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but you have a set number of days to your life, and God knows what those are. In fact, the Bible says that it's appointed to every single one of us a day to die and then a judgment. And whether you realize it or not, you are one week closer to that than you were last Sunday today. Today, you're one week closer to that. Aren't you encouraged? Welcome to Simple Church, where we love you. And <laughs> My name's Aaron. I'm your pastor. Yeah. But seriously, you are one day closer to the end of your life. And it's important that we realize that. It's important that we, we understand that we don't have that much time because when we think we've got a lot of time, what do we do with things we got lots of? We, we squander it, right? We spend it frivolously. We do whatever we want with it. Ah, I got lots of time. I can do it. I can play one more game. I got lots of money. We can go out to eat today. I got lots of whatever it is. But when we have little of something, we tend to be very, very focused with it. We spend it or use it in very limited ways. And so we need to realize that we have limited time. And then when we do that, if we realize that, if we really live that way, with that attitude, I believe we would live our lives differently. If we would number our days aright. And then we need wisdom. Now, wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is not you understand something. Because I'm going to show you something. Are you ready? I can tell you and teach you about every single diet plan and weight loss program out there. I can tell you how to do it. I can tell you when you need to eat. I can tell you what you need to eat. I can tell you how many times you need to be in the gym. And yet the hypocrisy. No. <laughs> Maybe it's the lighting for you that you can't see it. I don't know. but uh. Knowledge is not my issue. Wisdom is my issue. Applying what I know 
to my life. That, that's a lack of wisdom, right? And the Bible tells us that we need to get wisdom. And wisdom only comes from God. In fact, the Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And so we need to do this. We need to realize our days are short so that we live our lives differently. And then we need to get wisdom from God. And the reason we need to do that is we need to close that gap because we all have this gap in our life that exists between what we value and what Monday through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday looks like. We say we value this and yet we live a different way. But if we gain wisdom from God, then our week begins to reflect our values. So that's why we're after some wisdom. We're after God. Lord, help us do that so we can live closer to what we say is important. And so this, this principle of first is what we've been talking about. And it's a spiritual principle that I believe that if you learn it, will help you narrow that gap in your life between what you value and how you actually live. And so here's where we started. Let me give it to you really, really quick where we've been. Listen to all the messages. They'll be, they'll be a blessing to you. <clears throat> but the first thing we talked about was that you are a spiritual being. You're not an earthly being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being having an earthly experience. And because of that, the first thing you need to prioritize in your life is your spirit life. You need to be connected with that which created you. Otherwise, your life never makes sense. You need to be connected with God. He's spirit. And you are spirit. And so we, we said, listen, if you focus on your spirit life, if you made that a priority... If you want to have the best 2018 or best year you've ever had, then have the best year you've ever had spiritually. Focus on those things. And so we talked through what that looks like. And then we talked about the, the concept of, of first love. Man, it's so much easier to follow after Jesus and do all the things that he asks us to do when it's done in an overflow of a love relationship with him. But if you don't have that first love, if you don't have that love for God, then the things that... that the Bible talks about doing, they become a list. They become a chore. In fact, the Bible says they become a burden. They become a burden because our love is not right. That when we love him, his burden is easy. It's, it's, not, it's a joy to be obedient. It's a joy to follow after him. And so many of us, though, we try to do this list of things. We try to go to church on Sunday. We try to read our Bible every day. And we do the checklist. And we're just like, ah, oh, I gotta get to do this, you know, and it becomes a burden to us. And people oftentimes wind up walking away from God and walking away from a relationship with his people as a result because they don't have that first love. God is not their priority relationship. And you need to understand, God is not religion. He doesn't want your hands. He wants your heart. Because he knows if he has your heart, then he'll have your hands. He's not worried about that. He's after a relationship with you. That's what he wants. And then the, the next message we listened to was from my pastor, one of my pastors, Gary Fowler was here, and he talked about a message called Big Rocks. And he said, these big rocks are your priorities. And that if you handle these first, all these little pebbles, he had these two jars, and he said, all these pebbles in here, the minor things that we do, the, the errands that we run, the Facebook that we look at, the meals that we prepare, the Facebook that we look at, the Snapchat that we play with, the Facebook that we look at. Those are not inherently bad, but when you give attention to the small, minor things first, you don't, you can't fit in the priority things, the things like family, God, your marriage, your kids, your career, your, your health, all those big rocks. He said, but if you give attention to those things first, then you can fit everything else in. And he talked about order and how important order is because if you put those big rocks in and you did the order, like if you did them first, then you'd handle all the rest of the stuff because order determines your capacity. If you do things in the right order, you can do more stuff. Order also reveals your priority. That if you do things 
How you do things, how you go about doing stuff reveals what's most important to you. And then order does this supernatural thing. It blesses the rest if you get the order right. And so that's, that's the message Gary shared. And then last week we talked about the importance of, of understanding where our values are and how easy it is to determine where, where those are. There's two things I need to look at to know what's most important to you. I need to look at how you spend your time and how you spend your money. That means I look at your calendar and I look at your checkbook. Now, young people, that's a rectangular thing like this. It's paper, and it's what adults use to pay bills. Okay? And so I can look at those two things, and I can know exactly what's most important to you. And so last week we talked about the importance of getting our time right and how we do it. In fact, I met with so many people that are business managers and leaders, and they said, man, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to communicate this to my team. This was powerful. So if you didn't listen to that, make sure you check it out. It's applicable in everything that you do, not just in your spiritual walk with God. It's clear across your life. It'll help you. And this week, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about your money. Did you feel that? Do you know what that's called? Tension. See, every time a pastor starts talking about money, the air gets sucked out of the room. (laughs) He's talking about my money. He must want my money. Do I just walk my wallet up on stage right now? Or do I throw it? I'm going to throw it. (laughs) Don't throw your money. I don't want your money. Look, I I understand why this tension exists. I get it. It exists here because you've watched so many pastors and preachers and ministers and evangelists manipulate and use people for their money. They've twisted their hearts and they've twisted the message for their own personal gain. I get it. We've done it to ourselves. So I understand why the tension exists in the room. I also understand that for another reason, that money is the number one contender for the place that God wants in your heart. I understand that. And so when I talk about your money, it's like, whoo, man, what's he going to say? So let me make a couple things clear to you. I don't want something from you. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you, which is why I'm going to love you today and talk to you about this. I'm not in this for anything. And, and God's not in this for your stuff. He, he's not in this for your stuff. God uses the principle that we're going to talk about today to take a sneak peek into your heart to see what you value most. And so I'm just going to share this with you today. <clears throat> Jesus talked about money. He talked about it a lot because he knew that your love is revealed, or what you love is revealed in how you handle your possessions. What's most important to you is revealed that way. It's a clear indicator of your priorities. In fact, there are 38 parables that Jesus told in the Bible. 16 of them were on the subject of money. Now, first service, I said that was a little more than half. It's a little less than half. (laughs) So, but it's a lot. 16 out of the 38 were on the subject of money. 500 verses in the Bible are on the subject of prayer, talking with God. 2,000 are on the subject of money. Why? God knew this was going to be our number one struggle. He loves us enough to talk about it, and I love you enough to talk about it. And he talks about it 
in a way that's very, very clear that we've misunderstood and pastors have been misconstrued. So let me help you understand. God does not want your money. He wants to peek into your heart and see what's priority. He doesn't want your stuff. He's after your heart. Now, if you're already one of those, if you're one of those people that's already getting ahead of me, you're like, I know where he's going. He's going to the Old Testament and he's going to give us the law of tithing. And this is what we're going to talk about today. No, I'm not. I'm actually going to go 2,500 years before tithing in the law, and I'm going to share with you the principle of the first that was found in the very beginning of the Bible and is found completely throughout. It's the principle of the first, and it starts with the story of Cain and Abel. Now, Cain and Abel are Adam and Eve's kids. If you don't know who that is, those are the, that's the first man and woman that ever existed, and all of us stem from them. That's really creepy and weird when you think about it, so don't think about it too much, okay? <laughs> but... Genesis 4, which Genesis just means the beginning, all right? Genesis 4 says this, tells us the story. Now, Abel kept flocks, that means he was a shepherd, and Cain worked the soil, which means he was a farmer. Yeah, he's a farmer, okay? And so in the course of time, and note this is important, what it says here, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Now, don't be confused by that fat portions. It just means that he brought a lamb and they, sla they slaughtered it. It was a firstborn lamb and they slaughtered it and sacrificed it to God, okay? <clears throat> but then uh, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, the lamb, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Now, I've asked for years. Every, every theologian and every smart guy I've ever come in contact with where this subject came up, why was that the case? And every single one of them have summarized it this way. Cain tried, but he wasn't able. What they really said was this, is that, is that God required a blood sacrifice. So you see through the Bible that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. And so I've always just got on board because the fruit doesn't have any blood. And I was like, all right, I can get down with that, God. I, but I was like, but there's these other verses that talk about bringing the, the first of our fruit and our grain and things. And I'll show you those here in a minute. But, so I was always just kind of confused. But I just said, well, that's what the smartest people I know are saying. That's, that's just what I'll choose. I'll go with that. But a few years back, I, I, I saw something. And it was, it was pointed out to me by another pastor. He said, no, he said, you notice that in Abel's sacrifice, there was nothing mentioned about the time specifically. But in Cain's, there was. That Here's what happened. And by the way, 21 days of prayer and fasting is over. We're sitting up here talking about canes, and I'm just salivating. I don't know about anybody. I'm just like losing myself here, but, but um, hard to talk. But, uh, but Cain, it says he brought it. Bring that verse back up again. It says he brought it in the course of time. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits. So in other words, Cain had a harvest, and he looked around and said, well, I got all this stuff. I might as well go ahead and bring some to God. In other words, it wasn't the first stuff that came off the tree. It was just whatever he had. Hey, I got plenty. I'm going to go ahead and take something to God. It was in the course of time. But look what it says about Abel. It says that Abel brought his firstborn. He, he gave his firstborn. So there's an indication here that it wasn't about the amount and it wasn't about the sacrifice itself. It was about first. Yeah. It was all about first. And so Cain gave something and God said, no, I'm not going to honor that. It had nothing to do with it being a fruit. It was the time. And so I, I don't know, when I saw this, I realized that God cares about what's done first. 
And I began to look through my life, and I was like, all right, God, there's lots of things that I'm doing to honor you. I, I'm spending time in prayer. I'm spending time, I'm reading my Bible. I'm, I'm spending time doing all these different things. But I, I don't know, I'm probably like you. I had a plan to read in the morning, but if I didn't read in the morning, I could read at lunch, read my Bible. And if I didn't read at lunch, I could read when I got home in the evening. And if I didn't read in the evening just before I went to bed, I was like, oh, I need to read my Bible. I haven't read my Bible today. I haven't prayed. I haven't talked to God. But after I learned this, I, learned, I discovered that God cares about what's first. And so I shifted. Now in the mornings when I get up, God's my first priority. I get up and I give a few moments to God. Even if as simple for you as, as just opening your eyes and saying, good morning, Lord. Thanks for breath in my body today. Just acknowledging him first. And then I spend my time in, in prayer and I spend my time in reading the first part of the day. This first principle is a powerful principle because when we give to God first, it communicates something very clearly to him. It communicates to him that he's the priority. He is first. And again, God isn't interested in the amount. He's interested in the order, where things place. And so I, I'll tell you, for, for years now, my wife and I, we've been what's called tithers. That's this principle of the first. It's found in that. We've been tithers. And every time my paycheck comes in or hers comes in, we would write that check to the Lord. Nowadays, we actually use the text to give that we have here at the church, which I just save the contact, and the, or the contact. I pull it up, and you type in the number, and it, you hit send, and it just does it. It says, thank you for your offering. I'm like, awesome. That's great. So now when, when our check hits, we, well, I'm probably like all of you. You guys get direct deposit. And so when I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I see. The first thing, the first bill that is paid out of my account. Before I pay any bills, I, we give our tithe to God. And we send it first. And we say, Lord, we just want to honor you because we know how powerful that, that, that is. We'll do it first. And so we write that check and we just worship and we thank him. Because here's the deal. He gave it all to us anyway. He gave us the power to earn wealth. And when we give him back and honor him first, that's what he wants. He knows he's first place in my heart, and I'll show you that. We, we do that. As a church, we've tithed since our very first, first day we opened our door. Every dollar that comes in as a church and the general giving, we, we take 10% of it and we give it away every month. And I'm going to share something with you I'm not really proud about. I've understood this principle of the first, and I've understood the principle of the tithe, but we weren't doing it in our church tithing. See, because it's not a tithe if you don't give it first. And so what we would do is at the end of the month, we would calculate, hey, this is how much came in. And then we would write our 10% checks out and send them to people. And I was studying, doing some studying this week, and I was listening to what another pastor had to say about it. And it just, it just smote my heart. I was like, oh, my gosh. We tithe every month from the church. But we weren't doing it first. And so I made a call to our stewardship team. I called the bank, and we set up separate accounts. We worked out how every week, now after every Sunday, we're going to look at whatever that amount is, and we're going to set aside that 10%, and then we'll push it out through our missions just as soon as we can, but it will be first. And I tell you that I reveal that error in our, in our system, not because I want you to think anything, we're doing anything wrong, but I want you to see how easy it is to shift when you realize that what you're doing is not the priority. You're not prioritizing God. Do it first. And you can do that simply in your life. Set aside the first part of your morning. You can set aside the first part of your week by making sure you get to church. Set aside the first part of our year by doing the prayer and fasting thing with us. Which, by the way, now that it's over, I want to invite you to join us tonight for prayer. It's 6 o'clock. Be here. We'll celebrate. Day 22. All right? So come tonight. But we can set aside a part of it and reveal to God 
that he's important because it's all about honoring him. And when you do this, this principle of the first, if you'll do it, it brings this unexplained favor from God into your life. Why? Because God's not after your stuff. He just wants to know where he places in your life. And so we look for ways to communicate how important he is to us. So I want to encourage you to live by three principles. I'm going to share them with you. The first thing is, is that God must be first. God must be first. Not because you must place him first, but because God, by his very nature, has to be first. Like, it doesn't really matter where God falls in your list. Second, third, fourth, fifth, or maybe not even on your list at all. It doesn't matter where he falls on your list. God is still number one despite your list. That's the nature of God. That's who he is. And so God has to be first. He must be first in our lives. And we see that all throughout the Bible. It's even reflected in the Ten Commandments that he gave us. The very first command he gave us says this in Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He's like, hey, listen, I've done all this stuff for you. I've freed you from your slavery. I've blessed you on your way out. I've given you a leader, and I'm leading you into the promised land. I've done all this stuff because of who I am. Here's what I ask you to do in response. You shall have no other gods before me. That's all God wants. And you're like, what is the deal with God, Pastor Aaron? What is ha- why is he such an egomaniac? <laughs> well, he, why does he have to be first? Because God is a relational being. He's not religious. See, man keeps trying to take God and turn him into a religion. That's a list of things to do. Ways you have to live your life in order to look and be Christian. That is not who God is. God is relational. And because he's relational, he just wants to know where he stands with you in your relationship with him. That's all he cares about. And he wants to know and has to be first in that relationship with you. Why? God's jealous. He's jealous. He wants to be first. Like he knows that you love stuff. He knows that you you have things that you love in your life. You love your wife. You love your kids. You, You love your Chipotle burritos and your Netflix. He knows that you love these things and he's okay with that. He's not mad about that. He just needs to know that you love him more and most. That's all God cares about. He wants to be first. Deuteronomy 6 says this, do not follow other gods, the gods of, of the peoples around you, for the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God. He's jealous of the things that try to become first in your life. He's relational, not religious. And to be clear, God didn't ask you for anything that he didn't do first. He didn't ask you for anything that he didn't do first. In fact, he made you first, first. And he demonstrated that by sending Jesus. That before you ever said, God, I love you, or God, I want to know you, Jesus was sent. There was a plan for Jesus to come to this earth to pay for you and I's sins, to live a perfect and sinless life, which, by the way, is no easy task. Most of us face temptations hourly. Some of you got somebody so obnoxious in your life, it's like temptation by the minute, and you all know what I'm talking about. Don't point at that person if they're here. But you understand, and Jesus lived just like you and I did, tempted in every way as as us, and yet without sin. This dude went through some stuff, man. And then he laid down his life and died a brutal death on a cross, all for what? For us. God said, I'm going to do it first. I'm going to give you the greatest demonstration of love, give you something you could never earn, never buy, never acquire on your own without me, and I'm going to do it first. I'm going to make you the priority relationship. And so he did that, and all he asked in return is that we make him first as well. Let me say it like this. 13 years ago this June, my wife and I tied the knot. 
And I remember being down at that altar, and I remember her walking in, and with every step, her just thinking, man, he's so handsome. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. You know what I'm saying? Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. She was ready to be Mrs. Aaron DeLong. She got to that altar and she took a ring. She put it, let me put it on her finger. And she said, listen, with this ring, I thee wed. And I'm going to make you, Aaron DeLong, out of all the men in the world, my priority relationship. You're my number one, baby. I love you. Now, how many of y'all know that when she did that, I did not look at her, take a ring, and place it on my finger and said, with this ring, I thee wed. And I need you to know you're my number two. Because how many of y'all know she would have cut somebody? There would not have been a honeymoon. Well, there might have been, but I wouldn't have been on it. She's not okay with making me her number one and me not making her mine. That's just not okay. We're in a covenant relationship together. That's what marriage is. And God's in a covenant relationship with us. He's like, I want to be your number one because you're mine. So, so let me do that. Let's be in a relationship in that way. God wants to be first because he can't be anything else. So here's how you can communicate to God that he's first. The Bible gives us, gives us the way to do that. We put God first by giving him the first of everything. We, we give him the first of everything. Now listen, this is not a money message, even though it is a money message. You just need to understand that first things reveal your priority. You, that, that's, whatever you choose to do first, that's why we do 21 days in the beginning of the year. This is why we have church on Sunday mornings. It's the first day of the week. The early Christians are like, hey, let's do this Sunday morning. It's, instead of on Saturday, there's Sabbath. Let's do it on Sunday. Let's give God the first part of it. This is why when you get up in the morning... And you're headed down, and you all know where you're headed. You're headed into the kitchen, because in the cabinet, there are beans of life that must be ground, placed into a paper chalice, and hot water must be poured over them so that coffee may be had. But when you come down in the morning, you say, God, I'm going to spend time with you before I spend time with coffee. It pleases him. And before I have a drop of coffee, I need to have a drop of Jesus. Before, before I have my Fruit Loops, I need to, I need to get some of, the, some of the bread of life in me. I, I, want to, I want to talk to my Lord. I want to read my Bible. Nothing wrong with coffee. Nothing wrong with Fruit Loops. I'm a Lucky Charms guy myself. I get it. Yeah. Oh, love. That's love. Sorry, that was rock on. That was love. <laughs> but rock on either way. I like it. <laughs> yeah, both. But when you make God the priority, he's like, man, I, I know how much Aaron likes that. I know how, and you, if you know me, you know how much I like coffee. And he's making me the priority. That means so much to God. The first of all things communicates something to God and your possessions to when you give of them, that's why the Bible says this in Leviticus 27, the tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or from the fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord. He's taking possession of it. He said, that's mine. And, and it said, the Bible says it's holy to him. He's got it set apart for a purpose. There's a reason behind why he's saying the tithe or the tenth is mine. He's got a reason. And, and I'll share that with you in a second. But understand that a tithe literally means tenth. 
it means 10%. But the importance is not so much on the amount, though there is an amount specified. The importance is the order in which you give it. What I'm telling you is that if you were to give your tithe, but you don't give it first, it's not a tithe. You gave 10% and you're making a difference. We're going to use it to bless some people in this world. But it's not a tithe. It's not first. And so if you give first, then you are, giving, you, you are, you are tithing. And so I, I just need to tell you, and the reason God gives us a percentage instead of an amount is so that we can all play. We can all be part of it. Because if God gave us an amount, then some of us might struggle with that amount. But making a, a percentage makes it equal sacrifice, not equal amounts. Because we can all do that. So understand that even in the tithe, God's looking for our hearts, not for our stuff. Because Deuteronomy 14 says this, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. This is why it exists. It's to teach you to trust him so that he's first. And so if you live by these principles, these two principles I've given you so far, they'll serve you well. The last one is this, is that the first has the power to bless the rest. The first has the power to bless the rest. Listen, you need to understand something. God obligates himself to first things. He obligates himself and his power to them. What that means is he's called them holy. He set them apart, has a purpose for them. And when you do things God's way, when you honor him with the first, he takes all of his power and he crams it into the rest of it. And he says, and here you go. Thanks for putting me first. Have all of this. He blesses the rest. What that means is that when you honor God with a tithe just in your finances, he's like, hey, I'm going to do more with your 90% than you could ever do with your 100%. That's what that means, just to be clear so you understand. God blesses the rest of it. Look at this. This is why we pay attention to first things. Look in Proverbs 3. It says this, in all your ways, not just your finances, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In other words, hey, you're first. In every way of my life, you're first. And then it gives us a way to do that, just one way. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. Oh, it's first. First fruits of all your crops. Now, in math, they have this thing called an if-then statement. If this is true, then this is true. This is an if-then statement. If you'll honor God with the first, then he says this, and check out, the then is greater than the if in this situation. If you'll do this small thing, you'll get this thing. He says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And that's a promise from God. Now, I don't know about you, but give me some of that. I want that. I want, God, I want that promise to play out in my life. I want to have more than I need. I want to have overflow in my life so that I can be a bigger blessing to other people. Like, I want that in my life. And I, I'm telling you, years ago, it probably was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago that I stopped doing it, but I used to offer a 90-day money-back guarantee on tithing. I said, hey, listen, if you'll decide to do this, to give God 10% of your income, I believe that there's a blessing that's going to come, and I believe it so much. Look at me all proud. I believe it so much that if God doesn't bless you in 90 days, then I'll give you your money back. You just tell me and I'll give you every penny back. I did that. But here's what I discovered. I'm a man. My wife calls me the man, but I'm a man. <laughs> and I'm giving you a guarantee. And I realized that I was robbing you of that 
faith journey that you needed to be on. Because how dare we take a man's promise and yet neglect the fact that God's got a big old promise staring us in the face. And so I stopped offering that. Because I want you to understand, tithing is about teaching you to trust God, not teaching you to trust me. And so we withdrew that. But God's promise is to bless us in such a way that we'll have more than we need. That, that's just a promise. He says, make me first and I'll show you how I'll respond to it. Test me in this. If you talk to anybody who honors God through tithing, they'll tell you what a difference it has made in their life. They'll tell you how blessed they are as a result of that act of honoring him first. I don't want you to do it because I want your money. I don't. God wants to be first in your life. And so we make him first and he blesses the rest. That's his promise. Now look, there's lots of things you can do with your money. Let me give you some practical things you can do with it. There's five things. But understand the, the order is important. You'll see that play out. But the first thing that you can do with your money is you can spend it. Many of you have wish lists on Amazon and the 21 day fast is over. So you're going to go help yourself to a burrito at Chipotle. And I, if you go, tell them I said hello and that I'll see them later. Second thing you can do with your money is that you'll use it to repay debts. I owe, I owe. It's off to work, I go, right? We're just coming out of the Christmas season. Many of you guys acquired a lot of debts. So you can pay back your debts. You can pay for your car. Those are all important things. Pay for your house. That's what you're going to do with it. Third thing you'll do is pay taxes. And this is not you can do this. This is what you're going to do. Two things certain in life, death and taxes, right? You're going to pay taxes. The fourth thing you can do, and this is not a bad thing, is you can save and invest it. Either one of those. That's a good thing to do. It's, it's a blessing for you to leave, leave an inheritance for your children. In fact, the Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's, that's a good thing, investing and saving. And the last thing you can do, the fifth thing, is you can give it. You can take your money and give it to somebody. You can give it to a charity that's doing a good thing. You can give it away to somebody who's hurting and needs some help. Or you, or you can give it to God. You can give it at a church. Now, as you look at that list, I want you to understand that there's one thing that determines the order of that list. And it's what's most important to you. What, what's most important to you is what determines. And unfortunately, the order that I gave it is the order that most people live it out. And what that list reflects is a me first and God last attitude. And I, ha and I have to tell you, that's not a really great thing to communicate to God. That, that I'm first in this relationship and you're not. A few years back, God, God spoke to me very, very vividly and clearly and I don't know why he chooses to do it through food experiences, but I'm okay with that. My, my two sons, Tyler and Trent, were in the car with me, and they asked uh, for some Dairy Queen. And we're out here on Main Street. I said, sure. We pulled in through Dairy Queen, and, and I was abstaining from getting ice cream. I was on this horrible thing. Um, you may have tried one before. I think it's called a diet. Ugh. And... Um, so I didn't get one, but they had this new blizzard with this new flavor, and I was like, well, that, that's a little too tempting. I, I, I think I'd like a bite of that. And so we take them through, and I buy them, and I hand them back. Trent's sitting in the back seat, and he gets the flavor that, that I'd like to try. And I was just going to have one bite, and I said, hey, Trent, can I get a bite of that? And he got it, and he popped that thing open, and he was like, yeah, Dad, that's no problem, sure. And he digs into it, and he's getting ready to have a bite. And I stopped him, and I said, no, 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 son, can I have that bite? 
Now, I wasn't trying to do some kind of spiritual principle or teach him a lesson. I was just stopped before I got out in traffic. I didn't want to die trying to get a bite of this ice cream because I was going to has me some of that. You know what I mean? And I said, hey, can, I said, no, that one. Can I have that one? And he looked at it, and this is when it clicked, and God spoke to me. He said, you want the first one? I said, yeah, 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 that, that, that one, Trent. I just, yeah. And I watched his whole demeanor change. He, And then I, I watched, this is what he did. He went, here you go, Dad. And he handed it up to me. And I heard God speak so clearly into my heart. He said, this is all I want from you. This is all I'm asking from you. He said, look, you drove him to Dairy Queen. You gave him the ability to get there. You paid for it. He had no way to pay for it himself. You put it in his hand. And then all you asked for was the first bite. This is all I'm asking for, Aaron. I don't want the whole thing. Enjoy it. Love it. He's okay that we love it and we want it. But I was so honored in the moment that my son made the decision to love me enough and put me in the priority place to give me the first bite. And this is what God's asking for. I just want it first because it conveys to him his prior, pro, priority in your life. And look, I get it. I know that it takes faith to do this. But again, God's not asking you to do anything he hasn't done himself. In faith, he sent Jesus to die upon a cross. Before you ever said yes, before you ever said, God, I love you, before you ever even knew how much he loved you, he sent Jesus to die. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Jesus died. It takes faith to live this way, to put someone in the priority position before they put you there. In our case, God did it first. And he just wants us to respond to him that way. So I just want to share this with you because I understand the struggle. And I'm going to ask the band to come back to the stage. But I understand the struggle. And God does too. The struggle that, it, that faith is, that it will take in order to do this. That's why he says in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. In other words, he's telling you, you can't have two people in your life that are number one. It's, it's just not possible. There can only be one true love in your life. God's aware of the struggle. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. There he goes. He just calls it out. Because he knew that God and money would be the two big, big contenders for that place in your heart. And he knows, he knows why we do that. He knows why that's your struggle. And he's even sympathetic to it. Because he knows that we worry about what tomorrow's going to bring. He, know that we, he knows that we worry. Are we going to be able to pay, pay for our house? Are we going to be able to pay our bills? Are we going to be able to live a life? Are we going to have food for the kids? Are we going to be able to pay the electric bill? He gets all that. He understands it. And he sees the worry and the anxiety that we have that, God, if I give it to you first, am I going to have enough? He says, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And he goes on to encourage us, and he says, is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? See, he's talking about something that transcends this life. He's talking about life, real life. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than them? 
He says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life and why do you worry about clothes? See the lilies of the field? They don't do anything. They do nothing. And yet not even all of Solomon and all of his splendor and glory was clothed the way these guys are. He said, what are the lilies of the field? It's grass. It's here today and in the furnace tomorrow. And I take care of them, he says. How much more am I gonna clothe you? And watch what he says. Because I think he identifies it really, really clear and easy for us. He understands that even though he's telling us, hey, don't stress about it. I take care of all this other stuff. Can I not take care of you? <coughs> There's the encouragement. But he realizes the thing that we lack, and that's faith. Look what he says. He says, you don't really believe that. He says, oh, you have little faith. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear for the pagans, those that don't know God? They run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek, watch this word, let's say it together. Seek first, yeah, it's first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, when you seek him first, you can go to bed without worry. You can go to bed with peace. You can go to bed trusting that everything is gonna be okay. That God's got you, that all that you need is going to be provided for you. But according to his word, when you put him first, you'll have more than you need. And what you get is a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that you'll experience in the worst storm of your life. Your friends will look at you and say, how come you're so calm? Trust. I trust God. I trust that his word is true. I know that he's faithful. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Look, the bottom line is here, you're communicating something to God. Every time you choose a priority or you choose the way you choose to order your day and the way that you choose to order your life. And you need to let your life honor God first. Do it in your year. If you didn't join us for the 21 days of prayer and fasting next year, make sure you join us. Make sure you come on Sundays, honor God with your week. Be here, make it a priority. And then make him a priority every morning. Spend some time with him. Get it, get, use the one year Bible that's found in the app. It's easy, it doesn't take, but it takes less than 10 minutes to read through the, the selections for you every day. Do it first. Most of you got your phones next to your beds. Instead of opening up the Facebook, open up the Simple Church app and read for a few minutes. Talk to God. Say, God, be with me today. Simple. Honor him first. And you'll see the difference it will make in your life. And then honor him with your possessions. Give first. Demonstrate to him in every way possible that he is first. And I want to close this series that as I do, there's just one statement I need you to hear that I've said so many times. If you haven't written it down and don't have it in your heart, I want you to get this. That is the order is important. The order is important. God needs to be first. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to tell you this, that this week, as I was praying through this, and, and I mean it, just, just take a moment to be quiet before God. 
we'll get out on time today, I promise, but just hear my voice. That as I was praying and talking to God about this subject, I've always struggled with this verse in Malachi 3 where we're talking about the tithe and God's like, you know, will a man rob God? And they're like, how are we robbing you? He says, tithes and offerings. And I was like, man, God, I don't understand. You don't need our money. This little statement kind of conveys that, that, that you need our money, like we're robbing you. And on Monday, I was, I was out driving around and just talking to him, mulling it around in my spirit. And he spoke to me, he said, Aaron, he said, it's not your money that I'm after. I said, I know that, God, but I can't reconcile that verse. I don't know what to do. He said, he said you're not robbing me of money. He said, I just told you in Deuteronomy that the purpose of tithing is to teach you to trust me, to put me first. What you're robbing me of is the right relationship I'm supposed to have with you. Ha. Huh. I thought, I see you, God. He wants us to trust him in every way. And then he goes on to say, hey, I'm going to bless you in every way possible. And so today my challenge is to you is to be humble enough to hear God's voice in your life. I know it's not easy to put God first in every area of your life. I know it's not. But he promises you so much more. He promises you life like you've never known. Full and fulfilled life. <laughs> so today I pray that if God's put his finger on something in your heart today, that you humbly hear how you need to reorder your life to make God first. And God, I pray that according to your word, you said that faith comes by hearing. And today, God, I've, I've preached your word. I've shared your promises. I pray that that takes root in our hearts and produces faith. Faith to trust you. Faith to put you first. Help us, God, as we reorder our lives to make the decision today and then to live that decision out every day. And there are those of you in this room and we're talking about having a relationship with God. And you're like, well, I believe in God. That's all right. So does the devil. And I tell you that God's not after your belief. He's after your heart. See, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know how much he loves you. And that love is so great that it eclipses any mistakes of your past. It eclipses anything you've ever thought about him or even ever said about him that was negative. It eclipses where you've been, what you've thought, what you've done to your body or someone else's, the things you, people you've hurt. God's love eclipses all those. And in his grace, he says, I forgive you. I just want to be in a relationship with you that is from this day forward. Many of you, faith is rising in your heart right now. And I'm gonna challenge you to respond. And here's how you respond. I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. And if you're ready to enter into a relationship with Jesus, I just want you to be part of that prayer. So I'll give you the words to pray. And if you're ready to say yes, would you just, nobody's looking around, everybody's got their heads down. Christians, you should be praying right now. People are getting ready to make a decision that will forever change their lives. If you're ready to say, yes, God, be part of my life. I need a relationship with you. Would you just slip your hand up now just so that I can see you? I won't make you come to the front or anything. I just want to see who you are. Come on, be bold. Yeah, I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? 
Come on, I know there's more. That's awesome. Yes, thank you. Listen, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. This is the time to get this right. It's the beginning of the year. We haven't even left January yet. You can do it. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Anybody else? Say yes to Jesus. Just slide your hand up. All right. Listen, there's people saying yes to Jesus today, so we're going to pray. Church, I want you to join us. Nobody prays alone, amen? So here we do. Here we go. Jesus. Come on, everybody pray that together. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. And today I give you my life. And I pray you give me yours. Forgive me, Jesus. Make me brand new. Today I make you first in my life. Now help me live that out every day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.